Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Alicia and Cassandra, and we're going to be sharing a few insights about the astrology of the two-week period starting July 20th and running through until the 2nd of August. There is a lot happening this week. It's a much busier two-week period astrologically compared to the last two weeks. Uh, so we're going to dive right in. Um, Cassandra, there's a cat playing with your flowers. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I love that he's called Kevin. Oh, it's like brilliant. <laughs> I could just see this oh. little paw and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's adorable. Do you want to say hello to the world, Kevin? I don't think we've introduced you. No, nope, I don't. A, no. I just want to go back he's to a bit of a. He's a bit of a wriggly worm of a kitten. Wriggly worm. Oh, my God. He's so sweet. <laughs> he's so, growing so much. I love that. And they are beautiful flowers. Um, yeah, I was like, either he's put on weight or his coat's gotten a lot fluffier because he's a hell of a lot bigger than he used to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's both. He's a medium hair, so he's a purring, cuddly fluff ball. Oh, mm. so, adorable. Yeah. He's a snuggler, but I love just doesn't this. like to be picked up. Yeah, one of ours so anyway, doesn't like. That's astrology. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, lo- I was like, how could I make a segue here? But I'm like, well, that's one of your like fur babies, and Leisha's gonna kick us off this period by talking about the new moon in Cancer. I think. Oh yes, I'm first up. You're first aren't up. I? Yeah, okay. first cab off I'm the ranks, coming in hot and okay. strong this this period. <laughs> All right, so we have the new moon in Cancer, the second new moon in Cancer, um, the last one being a solar eclipse. And this one, woohoo, is the first new moon in Cancer we've had since 2017 that is not an eclipse. So I'm personally look, really looking forward to this because I always love the new moon in Cancer. Um, you know, it's the moon in its own sign and it's just a chance to really as we're talking about last episode, really get in touch with what makes us feel secure, what makes us feel comfortable, what makes us feel nurtured and nourished. And there is the opposition with this one that is going to be happening with Saturn. So it's not necessary. Like the way I'm looking at it is we need to really get structured and put strong boundaries around what's important to us in, in how we nurture, nourish and take care of ourselves. So this is more cat action. Sorry. Kevin is just a beautiful distraction. Um, because I feel like, you know, with Saturn coming back into cancer, I just feel like that, you know, that Gloria Gaynor song, you know, so you're back from outer space, you know, like I will survive. Yes. Um, there's that sense of this with this new moon in cancer of like, okay, where can we set the boundaries in place to help us survive? You know, to lock in the nourishment, to lock in the water that helps protect us and support us and and give us life so that we can go forward from here and you know, whatever helps bring us that that circling that Cass was talking about so beautifully in the last one of like, okay, how do I get comfortable? How do I get into a place where I feel more settled and more at ease? So there is that need to really use some, I don't know, strategic thinking or some or some good boundaries to do it. But yeah, that's my so this is happening at very early in the morning on the 21st of July here in Australia. So that's the 20th for the rest of the world. And it's happening at 28 degrees of Cancer. So what are your takes on it, gals? Cass, do you have any Cancer thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, a few. Um, I'm really looking forward to this because, yeah, as you said, Leash, it's the first uh, non-eclipse lunation in Cancer for some time. And, of course, the first non-eclipse lunation that we've had recently. So what I like about this in particular is... Um, <laughs> What I like about this in particular is like while the opposition to Saturn is, you know, probably like not the most ideal introduction to uh, eclipse-free lunations, but what is good about it is that, you know, it can help you have that one cathartic release, that last release, that last look back, um, but also kind of clear the decks and set the new foundation of your cancer house moving forward without the disruptive quality of the eclipses. So I do quite like that this could help you return to a former dream or goal and the Saturnian influence there might kind of give you a little bit of an oomph behind looking at things uh, in the long term. And also too, this is pretty much like fairly hot off the heels of a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. You know, it's still in play. It's in play pretty much all year. So this might also help, you know, remind you of um, a dream or a goal that's passed or it might also help you realise how far you've come or how many resources you've already got access to or, or, you know, those type of things as well, whether those resources are, you know, physical, financial, or, but most importantly, I think emotional, that emotional resilience and depth can be highlighted too under this one. Um, and you might sort of realise that you could be a little bit richer than you thought, you know, um, in yeah, whichever way, you know, wealth is really important to you, whether that's money in the bank, food in the cupboard um, or, you know, family under the, your roof. You know, it's the the primal things I think will be really um, highlighted under this new moon. Yeah, like the survival stuff, right? Like, like yeah, whether exactly. that's, you know, feeding yourself or financial security, housing, family stuff, career, like the main things. Yeah, sort of that real primal, you know, when I think about um, – cancer you know being a cancer being a mother to a cancer um you know people sometimes will ask me you know just about whether it's motherhood or or cancer the you know the sign of cancer itself it's like oh if we love you it's ferocious and it's unconditional like it's you know and I think cancer always gets reduced to being moody and oh just it annoys me but anyway it's it's a ferocious a very protective and if you're inside that clan what you know if you're inside the circle you are very much valued it's like the mafia try and get out of it you know like we may not be the cuddliest but we will like love you so ferociously if you are a part of that cancer vibe so this new moon can help also um, reacquaint you with those primal uh, things that are important to you. And so for some people, it's actually not family, you know. Um, that's maybe not their their primary thing. It might be the friends that they call family or it might be a community that they're closely connected with and stuff like that. So, again, I guess it's what your relationship and your chart is to cancer. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird mix of like new moon moving forward vibe versus like as soon as the moon kind of goes through that new moon, there's that opposition to Saturn. So it's like, hang on, I want to go forward, but there's mm. this thing from the past that I need to address or there's this 
roadblock or this structural thing or there's a bunch of papers that I need to file and organize. Uh, but it is really nice. I think you mentioned this, Leash, that it's the first lunation in, in, you know, like six weeks or something that's not an eclipse. Yep. Which is great. I think Cass mentioned that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, somebody mentioned this about like, Cass. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. That, but it's like just it was a really long eclipse season. That's all I can say. Yes. It's kind of like we're returning to regular programming. Oh, totally. Nature, you know? Totally. Um, you know, like I think I said it in the last episode, like where they would say, you know, and, you know, back to so-and-so with the weather. You know, it just feels like we're back on the regular schedule a little bit. So, mm. you know, it can whether you're, you know, the three of us, we've been into new moon intentions and things like that since our very early days with our yes. astro training wheels on. And we were just reflecting, Mercury and Cancer, just how much benefit and connection we've got from that. So it can really help you just sort of return to something um, and get into a regular rhythm and pattern um, as well. So, you know, the kind of comfort of cancer and the familiarity that cancer needs in order to move forward with something can be can be had as well. Mm. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be fun. This is going to be a nice new moon, I think. Yeah, it's going to be nice to look forward for sure. Um, so then um, just thinking what's next. It might be me. Sun in Leo. Yes, because that's the next well, That's day. worth mentioning. Yeah, th- I mean, this is one of my favourite things about July. Oh, my top five. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, oh, my God. God. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, I'm wearing a new top, so maybe that's my, that's the closest <laughs> I get to red. Um, it's, or Leo or something new. So the sun moves into Leo July 22nd, so we have about four weeks of the sun in Leo. From a technical perspective, what's good about this, uh, there's two things that are good about this. The sun is in rulership in the sign of Leo. So the sun is kind of at its best. There's a vitality, a strengthening, a stabilizing quality that the sun in Leo can bring. Um, The other thing is that the sun is now off axis or it's moved out of that opposition to Saturn and Pluto. So it's the Saturn and Pluto and all the Capricorn stuff is still there, but for four weeks, the sun is kind of shining a bright light somewhere else in the Zodiac. And that can translate to, you know, knowing the big stuff is there and you're going to have to come back to it, but maybe having a few weeks where it's not front and center. It's not the immediate thing that you're dealing with day in and day out. And I do get this sense of like maybe reconnecting with a little bit of joy or something that is life affirming, thinking about the qualities of the sun and, you know, having the sun in a place where it's got some great dignity. It's, I know that, you know, nobody really knows exactly yet what's going to happen with COVID and there's some economic concerns that are out there. So I'm not trying to say that the sun and Leo will make everything perfect, but it is a little bit like a bright light in the darkness where you figure out, I'm going to have that phone call each week with a friend or, you know, I can do this one thing for myself or for someone I love that's going to make us both feel good. And so there's a sense of rediscovering something that's going to bring a bit of that radiant warmth into our lives. Um, What do you girls think about this? I think this is going to be a nice uh, influence, um, as you said, Kel, you know, that off-axis influence. And I think sometimes, you know, one really obvious factor of Leo that seems to get a little bit overlooked is it's fixed. You know, it is a solid, enduring, 
resilient type of quality. And, you know, as you said, with COVID, we don't really know how life is going to look, um, you know, moving forward. So the Sun and Leo can also help us get back to our own centre and our Mm. own sense of, um, you know, Mm. our own source, you know, like rather than, you know, being bounced around by external components, whether that is what's on the news, what's on your social media feeds, you know, being bounced by external situations, you can come back to your own internal fire and put some logs on your own coals kind of thing and really stoke what helps keep you centred um, in, in your own orbit um, and help keep you grounded and um, and sort of refueling your fire to help you get through the, the longer-term cycles that we're, um, we're coming through. So whether that means just, you know, uh, centering yourself from a meditational perspective or maybe a physical perspective or even just, uh, you know, turning your light in a direction anywhere but from what it, where it's been kind of thing. Yes. And also just as a little bit of a, a thing to perhaps keep in the background with the sudden transit a sun in Leo transit is that it is going to be um, covering the other end of the axis of where Saturn and Aquarius has just been. So this might kind of help us, you know, maybe kind of maybe return to that part of our lives a little bit more and set us up for that that future cycle that's going to um, be influential as the year ends. Good, Good point. Yeah. Leash. Yeah, I think you've both made really beautiful points. And I think just to add with this is, you know, we're coming out of the sun's the first one really to leave the watery realms mm. of cancer and lead us into the the fire of of Leo. And there is this feeling of brightening up, lightening up, you know, drying out a bit and and coming. I just love the playfulness of Leo and the you know, the core stuff that you were talking about, Cass, absolutely, but it's almost like a creative way that we can access that, you know, thinking about it differently and just how can we do it in a, in quite a childlike way. It always just reminds me of um, lion cubs playing in the dust, kind of batting at each other, the, the fun and the lightness that can happen with this. So, yeah, um, just to try and, you know, I always talk about Leo season as the festival of Leo because it's <laughs> it's all show, it's all out there. Um, you know, it doesn't matter when we look at the solar system, when we look at the sun in the sky, it takes control. It You know, you can't see anything else except occasionally the moon. Everything else goes into the background. So there is this sense with Leo, okay, what is it about self? What is it about me? And how can I shine that out there during this season? And as you said, Cal, you know, yes, in varying circumstances, we can't do what we normally would do. Um, but to find as much as you can to get playful and, and to bring a, bring that really bright, you know, fiery Leo energy in. Totally, totally. And then, yeah, that's making me think of like, make sure you know about the Leo part of your chart and just see if you can Mm. vitalize or improve or enhance the qualities of your experiences there. 
Um, I guess while we're on the sun in Leo, I'll just quickly throw in that towards the end of this two-week period, uh, Sunday, August 2nd, the sun will come up to make a square with Uranus in Taurus. So it's kind of like the only big dramatic aspect that the sun in Leo has, but there is one, and that will be the sun square Uranus around the 2nd of August. Um, 10 degrees. I was just looking for the degrees, 10 degrees. Yeah, it's right as Uranus is stationing, actually. That's right. It's the degree Uranus is stationing on. Yeah. Yeah, so, te- so Sun Uranus does have that surprise or that shock factor, the unexpected. Um, Uranus can quicken things. So, yeah, the Sun in Leo, you were saying, Cass, is that, like, steady, fixed energy that's got great consistency. But Sun Uranus is like, oh, my God, something's got to change or we're going to have to pivot quite quickly or we need to be a little bit flexible because we're in, like, an evolving situation. So a bit of excitement with the Sun square Uranus. Uranus um, on August 2nd. Do, you, do either of you girls have any thoughts on that one? Oh, I always have thoughts on Uranus transits. Okay. <laughs> Uranus conjunct the descendant here. Um, but yeah, just, just that, you know, this is new territory in terms of Uranus. You know, Uranus hasn't been in this area of Taurus yet. Um, so it's, it's like a spotlight's being shone, especially if you have planets between, you know, six to 12 degrees of the fixed signs, this might be shining a new light on an area of your life where you have to be flexible or where you have to change or where you need to shift or or you're feeling restless around. And it's like giving yourself the permission to be different, to look for unusual options or to innovate in a way that you weren't yeah, that you haven't thought of before. So if you're feeling that tapping on the shoulder or the nudge between the shoulder blades, um, listen out for that and see where friction might be telling you things have to change. Super exciting. Cass, any sun Uranus yeah, thoughts? This, this, yeah, well, I have sun trine Uranus immediately. <laughs> so, I mean, um, Yeah, like thinking about all the points that you've both already brought up and the square aspect does really bring some tension around the the individual or the authentic authentic expression or kind of forging through into new territory even if it feels a little bit scary or unknown. Um, And moving with fixed signs, you know, that is kind of, you know, forced change with resistance. And um, one of, you know, my favourite, you know, speaking of social media memes and quotes and things like that, and I do love it and it really does kind of resonate to me at least, and it says I'd rather be someone's shot of whiskey than everyone's cup of tea. And I think when we have these um, Uranus transits, it does invite us to ask ourselves, you know, um, you know, it's just another way of saying, you know, am I being authentically who I need to be in a particular time, space or place or am I trying to be everything to everyone and end up no, nothing to no one? And so sometimes I think sometimes that can be, especially the sun in Leo, you know, really does want to be that the beacon of light. And there are some times where you, the beacon of light that you're best being is, is to yourself first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And if people want to stand in that light with you, that's great. But there, there may be times where you're like, oh, okay, well, I have to kind of like, you know, focus on me first a little bit. So just some food for thought um, around, you know, your beverages under this aspect. <laughs> 
I love how you always bring it back to beverages, Kath. <laughs> I do love a good scotch. <laughs> Not it makes lie. me think about Freddie Mercury and, and that Freddie Mercury movie and, you know, how he he it got to that point where he was being defined by his hangers on. I always think about the sun, mm. you know. It attracted the planets in. It was the sun's yeah. gravity that brought the planets in. It doesn't necessarily even want them there. They're just there. And I feel like often for Leos mm. that can feel what life is like. Yeah. And But in a way because that was his mirror, that, that shaped him and then there was just this this sudden shock or this sudden change in his life where he got a new perspective and went, wow, who have I become, what have I become and do I want to be this person anymore? Mm. And that's potentially what this is. It's like, yeah, what's being reflected into you from the, you know, the people that surround you and is that what you want to accept about yourself? Yeah. It's a little bit of a call to kind of individuate, isn't it, to kind of try to get to the essence of your light, like with the sun in Leo, square Uranus, it's like, what's something that's really genuine, genuinely you, and then Mm. also connecting with whether it's courage or confidence or a daring quality to just live from that place, to not dull your light or to not take your shiny quirky bits, not to make them go away for acceptance, just to bring them out. And as you said, Leish, like almost allow who needs to come to you in your essence to come in rather than to try and, contort yourself to maybe keep certain people close when you it's keeping you mm. small at the same time. So many great yeah. explorations there. Um, so lots of yeah. like vibing with the light, with the sun in Leo, I guess. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tribe is my vibe. <laughs> right, yes. And <laughs> Leash, oh no, Cass, you're going to tell us about Mercury, what um, the trickster planet is up. Oh no, you're going to, hang on, who's doing Neptune? Somebody doing Neptune and somebody doing Mercury? I think Alicia was going to uh, talk a little bit about Neptune. Neptune, okay. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. But I think you, oh. this is your signature Mary Poppins, isn't it? The um, Jupiter-Neptune. Yes. Yes. That is true. Anything is possible, even the impossible. And it's funny because it's, you know, last year it was all about the square between these two planets. This year it's all about the sextile between them. And it was almost like the tension that had to feel between each other last year is Mm. now bringing them more into alignment this year. It's like, okay, they've learned the lessons, you know, sextiles are an easier you know, that they speak more of a language because they're both in the um, yin signs. You know, we've got Jupiter in Capricorn, we've got Neptune in Pisces, whereas last year we had, you know, trying to marry fire and water didn't work. Anyway, I'm going off on a very Neptune tra- tangent here. <laughs> but at the same time, like within hours, we've also got Venus in Gemini coming up for her final square to Neptune as well. And I just was really struck by the fact that both the benefics are going to be entangled in in, um, Neptune's energy on that day. So we're talking the 27th of July for most of the world. It'd be very early on the 28th here. Um, And I... (laughs) It's kind of a bad analogy. I don't know. I just kept thinking about Romeo and Juliet and it's like neither Jupiter and um, Venus can't see each other in the sky, but they're talking through Neptune. But there's no way that there's any clarity with Neptune and the potions that are going on there. So I just think it's this idea that there is good out there, but we've got to work out 
who we trust and who we believe in and to get imaginative, to get creative and just to let go. I mean, if, if you can take that Monday off work, do it, <laughs> go there, give yourself, you know, that extra, extra weekend. This is definitely a time to kind of go away, but yeah, just, I'm always talking with Neptune, access the magic, access the imaginative with this. Um, and try to dream what's impossible and see what steps you can put in place. I think because Venus is involved in this as well, this is definitely about love and beauty and relationships and how you can make the impossible possible around those kind of connections. So yeah. What about you gals? What are you thinking? Anything? Oh yeah. So many thoughts. So this is like the Neptune mood Monday, July 27th, right? With Venus square Neptune and Jupiter mm-hmm. sextile Neptune it, yeah, and I think it's Tuesday in Australia, maybe the 28th. Um, yes, yeah, but it's like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., right. so, yeah. I actually will be on holidays this week, so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. <laughs> which I'm very happy about. But I like the piece, yeah, it's like trying to use Neptune as a connecting tool and Neptune just, you know, being a little bit dazed and vague and confused. The one thing that does come to my mind, I think a little bit of compassion with the Jupiter-Neptune piece that, you know, Jupiter has been dealing with, some difficult um, activations from Saturn Pluto, which have stirred up difficult experiences or difficult topics. And Jupiter Neptune is like almost a little bit of a cohesive, like how can we collaborate or connect or how can we find a way through that's a little bit more heart-centered or maybe even, dare I say, a little bit more kind? I don't know that it'll be perfect solution, but it's starting to do some of that imaginative dreaming about what, what, what are the different ways we could go forward from here. Venus Neptune... I'm kind of weirdly looking forward to that because this is the third in a series of three Venus-Neptune squares that Venus in Gemini has been making. The first two were all the way back in May, just before and just after she went retrograde. So in some ways, this feels like a real completion of some of the stuff that's been going on as far back as May. Now, it might create a sense of that kind of you know, fairy dust, you know, what's real, what's not real. You know, May was this real sort of almost out of time, timeless month uh, with with all the different things that were going on collectively. And I just wonder if there's like a little bit of a revisiting that so that we can maybe catch something that we didn't see in the muddle that was May. Um, So I know that there is definitely going to be confusion or crossed wires, you know, in that start of that last week of July. But I wonder if it can help us um, complete, close, release, or heal from something that's been up since early May. Um, so it's just a few thoughts I mm. had. Uh, that's a nice one, I th- a nice way to think about oh, it. Oh, thanks. Cass, do you have any input on these ones? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's definitely a revisiting a theme from May and um, and the, the Neptune involvement here, it's like, well, we're taking another step forward with something, but we're still not clear on the direction or we're still not fully aware of how things are. Um, but I think the Jupiter involvement here still got a vibe here that there's a bit of hope or wanting to do good with something, you know, at the Ultimately, you know, Jupiter, even though in and of itself it's on a great condition in Capricorn, it is a planet that does want to do good or it does want to, uh, you know, integrate or even out things or 
um, you know, see the best out of a situation. And so, yeah, this might be like if it's a romantic situation or relationship situation or it could be a work or what have you, it might be like, well, I'll give this one last go. Even though I'm still not fully sure, I feel more hopeful or positive about, you know, and it could be a little bit, you know, Pollyanna-ish and hoping for the best, but it feels like a little bit more like maybe like the fool in the tarot deck, you know, where I'm going to go blindly or potentially foolishly, but I'm also willing, Mm. you know, and I'm going in with eyes wide open even if I'm not sure where I'm looking right now, but in my heart it feels right or it feels pure, there's not maybe the internal guessing that was happening in May. So, um, yeah, it's uh, sort of like a step forward, even if the windscreen's still a little bit foggy. Yeah. Love it. I like that. And one last thing I wanted to add as well, like this is definitely a weekend to kind of go on a yoga retreat or some kind of spiritual retreat or, you know, because that's always a great thing to try to access with Neptune too of connecting to what's transcendent. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, totally. Uh, Then I think it's me. Now it is you, Cass. Sorry, I had my own little Neptune (laughs) moment there, didn't I? Like who's talking about (laughs) what? Of course it's Neptune. No, totally. Oh, so can be the best for last again. Yes, absolutely. And you're going to tell us about Mercury's oh. mood this week. Yeah, well, I guess like what Mercury is doing this, you know, during this fortnight. Excuse me. Hell, sorry. Or I could do the <laughs> Seinfeld. You. could do the Seinfeld and go, you're so good looking. <laughs> do you remember that episode? No. Not I love that. Was this love, their alternative I'll, to bless you or something? I love a good Seinfeld joke, but that's showing my age now. Um, yeah, instead of saying bless you, you just surprise someone and tell them you're so good looking. That's oh, my God. I think nice. that's hilarious. I like that. It's like I, a modern I, day bless you really, isn't it? I think it's hilarious. Not everyone does, and I'm sorry about that. Um, okay, so Mercury. So Mercury is doing the basically the same journey in the Zodiac that the sun had done in our previous episode. So how I was explaining that the sun is kind of lighting up some of the the stuff around Jupiter and Pluto. Now Mercury is coming along and maybe giving us the intel or the information around that aspect, you know, how that might be playing out for you personally uh, or how that might be playing out collectively. What I also really like about this aspect is that Mercury is obviously no longer retrograde. It's also cleared of its shadow, I'm pretty sure. That would have been, what, 14? Now this is all sort Mm. of kicking off at 16 and and 20 kind of thing this week. Mm. So, yeah, so now Mercury is like it's still cancer, but it's its best version now. It's, it's, you know, out of any retrograde hangovers and it can give us some – very perhaps intuitive or sensitive or caring insights that may not necessarily be rationally sound, but they still feel like the right thing to do moving forward um, as a part of the whole Jupiter-Pluto piece that's playing out in 2020. So I'm sort of maybe anticipating that we will perhaps like hear maybe more women's voices or more caring voices or perhaps even women's voices in power, whether that's politically, you know, from a celebrity standpoint um, or what have you, really start to perhaps give voice to things that 
may have not been quite as loud or as uh, 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 like here we are I'm going to have a cancer moment now not quite as perhaps uh, uh, eloquent as what it was when it was retrograde so um, I think this is going to be a very interesting kind of like little kind of like two punch thing that's happening here with cancer there with the sun and then mercury coming through and doing its thing with jupiter and pluto what do you girls think about that i when i was looking at this i was actually looking at the fact that when mercury is opposing jupiter especially mercury is going to be in jupiter's terms in mm-hmm. cancer as well so there's even more of that kind of bringing the themes together of how do we bring our beliefs and our ideals and into a place that is about sensitivity and caring and protection and support? So I think these are some of the themes that are going to be around this of even reflecting more on yeah, what our belief systems are and then how we can communicate them, but in a way that comes across that shows care and compassion for where the other person is as well. So, yeah, I think that was my kind of, oh, that's interesting that that's happening in that way because, um, you know, often Mercury and Jupiter just don't really know how to speak the same language. I was talking about Mercury is like the journalist and Jupiter's like the opinion piece writer. One's all about the facts and one's all about, well, this is what I believe. But it's like there's more of a connection between the two of them there. So... Yeah. What about yeah, you, Yeah, I was really interested in, I know Mercury's going to oppose Pluto, I think, around August 1st, and that's like a truth serum, truth-telling, like dig in, investigate kind of aspect. But I, I am really intrigued by the July 30th um, piece um, for a slightly different reason for you, Leish, but I think, like, I think I was like, oh, I didn't even think to look at the Mercury-Jupiter terms thing, but, like, the Mercury trying to Neptune there as well. So, mm. like, it's 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 all at 20 degrees. Like, Mercury's at 20 Cancer, Neptune's at 20 Pisces, Jupiter's at 20 Capricorn. So there's this, like, triple play going on with those three planets. And that also to me was, like, we've got some big ideas, we've got some big visions, there's some potential for healing or some compassion, there's some spiritual inspiration or there's a lot of imagination it's not super grounded, but I think it sort of indicated to me ideas or conversations that are really coming from a genuine desire to grow or expand or to move forward or to heal in some way. But it did feel like it could be a little bit overwhelming with the flood of ideas or the flood of emotion that could come through then. Um, but I, I like something about that triangle pattern and the idea of like pieces coming together or pieces linking up. So that's that's something that I was thinking about for that aspect. And mm, it's like the the softening that oh sorry. No, 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 it's just it's Kevin. He just was really It's Kevin. Oh it was a little uh, <laughs> Sorry, Lace, you're gonna say something about softening, which is also yeah, oh, no, such just, a great just, word. There's, yeah, there's there's a lot of softening with this. It's it's like the the water of Cancer and the water of Neptune can help soften the, the hard edges that Capricorn has and, and has had with all this Jupiter, Pluto and now Saturn in there. It's like, okay, how can we bring, yeah, I don't know, it's just this idea of 
rounding corners. I think of the kids, you know, when you get, when you have small children and you have to put the um, Mm. rounded edges on the table so that they won't run into it. It's like, okay, how can we soften things to be protective and, and to, and to make sure that there's a safe space for everybody. Beautiful. So that brings us to the end of this two weeks, doesn't it? That's a lot yeah, of to the end of the month, on. really. Yeah, it's like yeah. I can't believe next time we get together, it's going to be like we're doing and we're doing our regular forecast. It's going to be August. What? Like I know. I mean, I know. It's. I think we say this probably every time. <laughs> we're just showing our age, really, because you don't you don't talk like this in your early thirties. I'll just say that. No, or in your twenties. Nah. <laughs> your twenties. Oh my god, not even. Um, so, what do you gals have coming up? What are you looking forward to? Um, I will have my new moon group, um, this month, but I'm doing it in quite a different way. Um, I will be having individual signs that, you know, meditations and rituals that they can download. Um, and then there'll be a one hour. So you'll, you'll get all the information beforehand. Um, you can have some time to work it out and work through your intentions. And then there'll be a one hour catch up, um, to be able to work that out. And that will be on the 21st of July here in Australia. So that will be the evening of the 20th in the U S. So yeah, come along, see my new format, um, get some really personal information and then be able to come and bring your questions in. Fantastic. What about you girls? Cass? Uh, for, for me, uh, this will be sort of the end of the month. So I'll just be this sort of fortnight week. I'll just be collecting all the data, the Gemini rising data, and, you know, getting all my insights together for the month of August to promote uh, the Golden Circle Club, which is like a monthly uh, membership where you can, you know, get all the insights around um, the, the months and boost your astro knowledge and just living in harmony with the universe i guess excellent cool that's what i'll be doing yeah super excited about you you? i will be um i will be on holidays for most of this two-week period which i'm looking forward to uh but i will I'm, i'm thinking about the timing my next webinar for astrology university is going to be saturday august 15 we're just finalizing the topic at the moment but i think it's going to have something to do with the 12th house and by the time this, uh, by the time you're listening to this, if you pop over to my website, you will see the information there. And if that's of interest to you, you can sign up. So that's uh, Saturday, August 15. It's 9 a.m. Pacific time in the US, which is uh, not a great time, Australian time, I don't think. It's like no. ridiculously early on Sunday morning. Um, but if you're in the US, it'll be, you know, during the day on Saturday. And if you're in Europe, it'll be Saturday evening. Um, and if you are in Australia and you want to grab the recording, um, we everybody who registers gets the video replay uh, plus the slides. So even if you can't make it live, you can certainly get the training and the information. Um, but that'll be it for me for this period, I think. Yeah, just a little bit of a I'm trying to embrace the idea of the Northern Hemisphere summer mid-year break, which is still nice. feels a little unfamiliar to me, you know, having lived for 30 years in Australia where I'm expecting my summer break in January. In my ideal life, I'll have two summer breaks a year, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> we'll take the summer break, like, you know, go to Australia and have some time there when it's your summer. But, yeah, for now, 
and just seeing, you know, going traveling wherever we can safely in Europe. Um, yeah. Nice. So thanks awesome. everyone for joining us this week. Yeah. Anything else from Don't you Don't forget gals? to hit the subscribe yeah. button. Subscribe. Okay, yeah, good. I always forget and that. And share with your friends. If you're enjoying this, yeah. share with your friends. Yeah, subscribe, like the video, leave a comment below. That all helps other people find the show if you're liking it and you want people to, to know about us. Share the love. Yeah. <laughs> love the water love. The water. All the Venus Neptune love. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, before we all break out love, in song for love, you. Love, love, <laughs> Oh, my God. I love it. So have a lovely two weeks and we'll see you in August, everyone. Bye. Bye.